Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 79 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Peter Jones and Todd Widener are here with me tonight. It is the season, first episode of season three. Very exciting. Woo, woo. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> it's not the season two finale 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 we're gonna start season three today so welcome to both of you peter how are you today i'm doing good Very it is today it's wednesday for you it is no it's well it's only just wednesday because our clocks haven't gone forward yet so we're you're an hour closer to me oh good so these are more like opportune times now that we're yeah, yeah not keeping up so late todd's good to see you again how are you yeah man yeah we just saw each other yeah that's glad, glad to uh Glad to have survived and escaped Detroit all in one. That shit. We'll get into that later. Okay. All right. Let me thank the sponsors. So it is season three. Our anchor ad revenue ran out for whatever reason. I guess they do that after like 5,500 listens or right around there. When you get to $55, the anchor just stops supporting you some shit. I don't know. I guess that's a common thing. So Thank for you. season three and going forward, Bob Anderson Builders will now be donating two cents for every time someone listens. So that's super cool. That will go towards our season three charity, which I'll talk about in a minute. Thanks, Dwight at ddgcustoms.com and Rhonda and the folks at r Management who will come along for season three. Um, the website. How's the website, Todd? You've been working I don't on know. <laughs> I don't have no fucking idea. Peter is too busy doing his UK Peter's draft guide. I, he's the IT department. I know, but he's got to get his draft guide out by April 28th or whenever the draft is. So our website is there and we'll get working on it after the draft. www.avgcheese.com, which I'm very excited about. Uh, one more thing. Our season three charity is going to be Veterans Outreach of Wisconsin www.vowvillages.com. It is a place in Racine, Wisconsin. Uh, my sixth graders back in the day built a tiny house for veterans outreach. They bring veterans off the street and give them housing and get them back on track uh, so they can get back into the real world and back into, uh, I guess I shouldn't say the real world, but back into society at large to take people off the street veterans off the street so that's super cool uh, maybe we'll have jeff gustin on for that at some point uh, that is our season three charity so every time you listen more money cussing more money shoe raffle more money all of it going to veterans outreach of wisconsin swearing will continue <laughs> yes we will not will cut be, down on the swearing we've made some changes but that will not change yeah season three just like the rest yeah. Peter keeps us straight until we can't handle it anymore. And then we start. 
until, yeah, until we have no fucking idea what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. And there which goes, is, which is most of the time. I'll throw a quarter in for Todd because he doesn't even oh, know he's you. cussing. God damn it. All right. Yep. I just, there, now you do. All right. All right so Todd and I went to Detroit, which is a shithole, by the way. Um, yeah. I don't know what oh. happened to that place. Like we went there for the NCAA wrestling tournament, which was this last weekend. And I was telling Peter before we came on, I should have known that we were staying in a bad area when the guy, the Uber driver that dropped me off, wouldn't leave right away until he knew I was safely inside the building. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. If you run out of Miller Lite on like a Thursday afternoon, because that's your special for the weekend. It wasn't even Thursday night, was it? It was like like three o'clock in the afternoon. The special was like Miller Lite. We're like, oh, we'll take a bunch of those. Like, yeah, we're out. Like, what? Yeah. Where are we? Right. Never happened in Milwaukee. No, they should have that in Milwaukee. They had basketball in Milwaukee. I can guarantee (laughs) you they did not run out of Miller Lite last weekend. Yeah, there was nothing open there. It was very uh, apocalyptic. Yes. Nobody around. I mean, everything was shut down and boarded up and for rent. Yeah, and the few businesses that were open were struggling. Peter, when we come to the UK next October or whenever it is, is everything going to be boarded up there too? I don't think so. We're opening Peter up. Might be. Everything, everything is good. Yeah, yeah, quite where I'll be when you guys come in October. Right. <laughs> You're going to take cover. <laughs> Peter sent sure. me a picture via Twitter of his house, and he's already boarded it up like it's the <laughs> Walking Dead. He's got a turret yeah. on the outside. He's not shooting other people. He's just waiting for us to come into his sights. We're coming, though. That's happening. One thousand percent. I don't know how big your house is, Peter, but Todd's got a couple kids. Marcy and I are coming. Yep. It's going to be crowded. Yep. Can't wait. Can't wait. So the draft is coming up. Peter, how's the guide? You done with the guide? No, still working on it. Okay. Every, almost every minute of every day. But it's coming on nicely. I'm I'm kind of pleased with where it is now. We're it's getting towards getting towards the end, putting some finishing touches to it. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I'm I'm pretty. How I'm, soon, I'm pretty how soon do you launch it before draft day? Well, partly depends on on when I actually finish it. But oh, but right. the, the the aim is about uh, roughly about two weeks before the draft. So oh. not too far out, but not too close. Gotcha. So. About, about two weeks before. So, Will it be available on www.avgcheese.com? I'm sure we'll find a way to link. I'm sure we'll find a way to link to it. All right. Very good. Yeah. Downloadable version. Yep. Excellent. It's a PDF of like 1,000 pages. Damn. Yeah. Peter works cool. on that thing. Man. It, won't, it won't work on your fucking computer. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you can barely fucking support a goddamn Zoom fucking room. That's 100% true. That. <laughs> Thanks to Jerry Doyle, though, I'm going to have a 2019 version of this computer pretty soon, and it'll probably work better than the one that I'm sitting looking at you from right now. So <laughs> You're like taking shit from an old man. I am. Yeah, <laughs> He's got a nicer computer than I do. Fucking arrested or something. <laughs> Be careful Jeez. with that. You know I got to cut that shit out right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what about gonna... the episode? Oh, yeah. It's episode 79, Peter. Who is it? 
well, I spent all day being convinced it was episode 80, but you're right, episode <laughs> 79, since we did two 78s. Um, <laughs> episode 79, Dave Hogkana. Who else could it be from Packers history? Hogkana. Defensive tackle for the Packers from in the 50s, well, from 52 to 64. Just a mainstay of those 50s teams that weren't so great and then into the Lombardi era, won a couple of championships at defensive tackle. And then at the end of his playing career with the Packers became a coach for the Packers, defensive line coach, defensive coordinator. So was played for the Packers for 13, 13 years and then was a coach for 16, for 16 seasons, 16 years for the Packers. So through the Dan Devine era and the Bart Starr era and then went on to be a scout as well for the Packers for about 13, 14 years. So it's one of those guys that spent more than 40 years in the Packers organization. From a Packers historical perspective, when you think of Packers is 102 years old now, I guess, forty Hog Hannah was there for 40%, more than 40% of that, of the Packers history, which is pretty incredible. That's pretty cool, um, man. It really is. And he was one of those guys that hardly ever missed the game. I think he played like 160 of the 162 games or 164 games that were played when he, when he was there. So he was just one of those mainstay guys clearly new football going on to coach and just one of the Packers all-time greats in the Packers Hall of Fame, obviously, Dave Hogkana. Thank you for that. Love that part of the show to sit back and you teach us something. I just think it's, I think it's pretty awesome that he's like a Packer lifer. I mean, more than probably anyone we've talked about right on the show up until now, like that's a really long time to be in the organization. Interesting to go from coach to scout. That doesn't, yeah. those don't seem yeah. like the same skill set, to be honest. That's the same move that my friend Red Cochran made as well in the similar, similar time scale. And yeah, no, it's an inter- interest, interesting move. Um, the only thing I could probably imagine, and I am making this up, is that, is that when coaches change, eventually the new coach wants to bring in new blood along the coaching staff. And I guess if you have been almost a lifer at one team and you get offered the opportunity to stay with that team, but in a different role, and you think, at that point in your life, whenever that is, that that's the right thing for you to do. I guess that's what happens. It Whereas is interesting, think- though, that he made it that through that many regimes, through Lombardi yeah. and, and through all the other coaching staffs, that usually they do want new blood. Like, they don't yeah. want to keep the guys from the old regime around. So he must have been very well respected in the organization Absolutely. at that point. Before we start talking about Packers stuff, any thoughts on – so I know, Peter, you have some friends in Brown's podcasting lore. Um, you talk to your guys about Deshaun Watson and that signing? Yeah, not not very not very much over the last few days. Um, okay. I've kind of kept kept a, a watching brief on what's happening in in Brown's Twitter land, and I think you could imagine it's as it's as um, polarized as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's a hell of a player, though. I mean, the other stuff I don't want to talk about, but. That guy can win you a championship. Like if you put a couple pieces around him and they've got a running game, you know, they've got in Jockway, whatever his name is, that the tight end. I don't know what they're going to do for wide receivers there, but Deshaun Watson's a heck of a player. <laughs> and they paid him as such. Yeah, and I think I, th- I think I think you're right about the wide receiver spot there. I think that that's probably where they would would have gone in the draft. They're picking 13. That's probably where they would have gone, but now they don't have that pick. 
So what does that mean, though, Todd? So we've been talking about how Jordan Love should be traded, and I still think he should be traded. I don't think Jordan Love has any value now. Like, where does he go? Matt Ryan's with the Colts or something like that? Like, guys are trading teams. They're moving guys all over the place. Baker Mayfield is clearly on the chopping on the trade block somewhere. Like, where does Jordan Love go that he could start tomorrow? I don't think he goes anywhere to start. So then you don't trade him, right? Yeah, I guess not. I mean, the only – I think he would go from being a backup to a backup somewhere and which i don't know why they would do that i it's going to be that's going to be interesting to see i should have put that in the notes about love but yeah what to do about love right now do you hold on to him as an insurance policy to see how this whole aaron Rodgers, you know the next saga plays out i don't know does he want to stay i wouldn't want to if i were him i mean who would I know we've talked but, about it, Peter. What are your thoughts now? Now that you you know things have kind of the quarterback carousels kind of spun around a little bit. What do you think? I thought the Colts was the place he was going to end up if he if he went if he went anywhere. Now clearly that's not going to be the case now with with Matt Ryan going there. I think the situation with Jordan Love. I I agree with Todd. I think if you were Jordan Love or Jordan Love's agent, I think you'd be banging on Gutierrez's door saying, "What the heck, guys." Now, I understand the situation, but my guy wants to play. If Rogers is playing another two years or three years, heck, Jordan Love's going to reach free agency before he's ever played. <laughs> and I know he's still young, but but eventually the guy's got to play. Else his career's just sat on the bench without even have, having had the opportunity. So, so you've got to imagine that he would want to move on, even if nobody's ever going to publicly voice that. But where he would go, Seattle's the only other place you can think of right now having traded Russell Wilson away, whether that would be a, poss- a possibility. And I think from a Packers perspective, you're sitting there saying, somebody comes and makes me the right offer, then I'm going to think Then I'm going to think about it. If they don't make me the right offer, then I've got nothing to think about. Yeah, there's just not that many opportunities. And again, Baker Mayfield has already played games in this league. He's started games, so he's got to go somewhere. There's other guys... I don't know where Teddy Bridgewater is, but he, you know, he's a stopgap guy. He's somewhere. I don't know what Matt Ryan's deal is with the Colts. I didn't look it up. Why not the Colts? I mean, Matt Ryan's not going to play forever either. I mean, he's on the way out. Yeah. I mean, I guess the danger is you go and sit behind Matt Ryan. And if Matt Ryan plays two or three years, then you're pretty much in the same boat. I guess that's the, that's the day. And, you know, if you're Jordan Love, I think you'd like to go. If you're gonna if you if you're gonna go now, you'd like to go to a team where you're gonna have at least a fifty fifty shot uh, of being of being starting now. Seattle, yeah, with you know, Drew Lock. I mean, Drew Lock. Shit, Lock. I take my chances if I was him. I think the bottom line to him, he, he he got. I think his career has been mismanaged from day one. I think he left college too early. If he could have played another year, you know, got some more experience, more maturity. Maybe he would have been drafted and had an opportunity to start somewhere had he waited a year. He thought, no, the Packers want me. They want me number one. Rodgers is probably on his way out. I'm going to go to a historic franchise. And now look, it hasn't gone well for him. His career road has been pretty terrible. I mean, you know, I, I rip on him a lot and everything, but 
when it's all said and done, his career has been just poorly miscalculated. It could have been great, right? <laughs> I get drafted by the Packers. I'm going to be here for right. a year or two. I'll be the successor to Aaron Rodgers. Everything is going to be good, and it all went to shit. The problem that he had was had he stayed in college for another year uh, and come out in last year's draft, and he's coming out in a draft that's got Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Austin yeah. Field, Mac yeah. Jones. So he's probably sitting behind all of those guys or most of those guys and probably going no higher in the draft than he did in, tw- in 2020. So Probably lower, right? Probably he's a second-round yeah. pick. I mean, it all didn't work out well for him. I hope that, you know, something works out somewhere else and he's fine. And we've talked about that a million yeah. times. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers coming back. I mean, we can just leave that alone. He's back. Yeah. Preston Smith is back. Him and Gary, you know, bookends at the edge position. I was a little surprised with the with Preston. How so? I mean, we've talked about him a million times about just kind of like his up and down. Um, you just never know how he's going to perform from game to game. So I was a little surprised at what was it a four year contract? Yeah, four four years, fifty two million dollars. So yeah, I was a little surprised at the. I think I was surprised at the numbers. Peter, your thoughts on the numbers? Because Zadarius Smith signed today in Minnesota for $14 million a year. So basically, the Packers have given Preston Smith a longer, bigger contract than Zadarius got with Minnesota. Yeah, I think it was one of those situations with Preston Smith and, and Zadarius Smith. They had to get under the cap. I think they've made their minds up that they wanted to move on from one of those guys to make the cap saving, but they wanted to bring the other one back. So I think from a Packers perspective, I think they've probably done the best deal between the two of them that they that they could do. And the cap numbers for the Packers are, are pretty good. You know, 11 million, 13, 14, 15, 16. So it's not bad over the next five years for Preston Smith. So it's four-year extension. So that plus 2022 on there. So there's five years left on that deal now. There's a Darius Smith thing going to Minnesota isn't clearly an in, interesting move. You know, I think I think if we're honest with ourselves, we would much prefer that he ended ended up back in the AFC or certainly not in the same division as the Packers. But it remains to be seen how that works out for the Vikings because like any player, they've got to put a team around those guys and that's what they've struggled to do. Just on the surface level of this thing, they gave Preston Smith more money. Do they then value him higher than Zedarius Smith? Do they think he's a better player than Zadarius Smith? Now, I know that Zadarius Smith, they cut him and they could have brought him right back, right? Or they could have tried to re-sign him, come to terms in principle on a deal before March 16th. I mean, to me, that says the Packers thought Preston Smith is a better value going forward than Zadarius Smith. I guess the question, the thing that we don't know is, is, the, is the back injury situation. Is that a factor? So although... You know, Zadarius came back right at the end of the season. Do they believe that that's potentially an ongoing factor? Do backs ever really get 100% again? They may just feel that Preston Smith's a better long-term bet over the next four or five years. Do you think so, Ty? Would you rather have Zadarius Smith than Preston Smith? No, it's tough. I, I think I agree with Peter on the back injury issue. Without knowing that, my guess is that because the reason they made that move is I get anchors on the, the status of that that back injury. It might have been more severe. Like Peter said, I mean, it's it's probably a longer-term investment. But I was a little shocked just at the numbers. I was like, whoa, okay. 
edge rushes are tough. I mean, in in today's game, right? To get somebody that solid, so he's solid. He's solid. I was just a little shocked at the numbers. If it's me, I'd rather have Zadarius Smith at essentially oh, yeah. the same salary. I think he's a more dynamic player. Now, no one would know more about Zadarius Smith's back injury than the Packers because they have the medical staff that has done ad nauseum stuff on him and rehabbed him and got him, try to get him back for the playoffs. Nobody knows his back injury better than the Packers. I think what you said is what it is. They have some questions about the back and they're like, eh, we'd rather not risk that kind of money and that kind of time on a guy that we're not sure about. The Packers also brought Razul Douglas back to the cheers of all Packer fans and Twittered them. I'm super happy to see him back. Is there a better three guy defensive? Ba- Is there a better defensive backfield in the league than the Packers? Yeah, that's a, that's a crazy trio. If you get him into the slot. He's not really a slot guy. So I wonder, will he play the slot? I'd have to. I mean, it's going to be Stokes and Alexander, right? Maybe different packages. He's, he's coming in on. It's a nice problem to have if yes. you're Barry. It's a great problem to have, to have three premier corners like that. Not to jump ahead, but then, but I will, um, is King. Where does he, like, he hasn't moved. There hasn't, there hasn't been any talk about him. So where does that leave King? Again, is he a premier guy anymore? Probably not. He's pretty serviceable, man. I mean, still, as far as DBs go. So, I mean, you potentially have four really nice corners. Peter, thoughts on Razul Douglas and all that? Yeah, I think I think exactly that. When you when you've got the three that they've got, and now you're talking about the next guy's your fourth corner, that gives you lots of options. Whether that's King, whether that's trying to bring Chandon Sullivan back because he can play the slot, or whether that's looking in free agency, or even whether that's looking in the draft. You've got all of those options now with Douglas coming back and the money you've got back off the tr- Devontae Adams trade gives you a little, little bit of flexibility. I think it's absolutely perfect. You'd like to see them get one more corner, but that may be a guy that they draft. If you look at the free agents that are left out there, they're all old guys or guys who have not done anything. Like I was looking at edge guys because I really think that even though you have Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, like it'd be nice to have another guy, you know, the Whitney Mercilesses of the world, who's still out there, by the way. The top edge rusher on the free agency board was Calais Campbell, who is like 715 years old. There's nothing out there. The, uh, Naseeb, I think the one that got cut by the Raiders, he's out there. It's all guys that are 30 plus or have done nothing in their careers. So it's really slim pickings free agents wise. And that's kind of what you would start to expect at this stage of free agency. We're a week into free agency. Those generally speaking, unless somebody, one of those top guys is holding out for silly money that nobody will pay. Generally speaking, those top guys are off the board a week into free agency and then you're looking at the second or, or third group. I think when you've got the starters, like the three guys we've just talked about, a corner and the two edge guys that you've got, I, that you talked about, I think you've, we've got more flexibility. You can look in free agency, but you don't have to overpay. Or you can look at, you can look at the draft, especially with the extra picks that the Packers have now got. I mean, when I saw the news of Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas being signed, I was just like, it's like a huge sigh of relief. Like I was like, okay, we've got you know, we've got Rogers, and as soon as soon as I heard that those two were were inked on paper, I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, the core so, of our defense I mean, that, is very strong. 
Devondre Campbell, no brainer. They had to do whatever they had to do in order to get that guy in. So I was so relieved to hear that. And on the offensive side of the ball, they get three pass catchers from last year. Tanya, Cobb, and Lazard all back in the fold. Cobb, I think $3 million a year, somewhere around there. I think I saw that uh, Tanya's like 3.75, which I think is and with some incentives. So he's kind of on a prove-it deal. Lazard, I I think, is in that range, too. So you've got three guys that you at least know. They're known commodities in Green Bay, and and they're solid guys. I think we'll talk about this soon, but I think that leads towards drafting some receivers. Malik Taylor was, is back for fucking some yeah, reason. I cannot believe Don't know that. why. Cannot fucking believe that Malik when I Taylor's saw that. Malik Taylor's got pictures. I was of, like, what? Right. On why? the list of like guys they tendered, I was like, Malik Taylor, what? How does he continue to special teams? And then Chris Barnes is back too. Chris Barnes, who was nice to see back. Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, that was good. Going to say was I don't know if you remember. Somebody will eventually go back and play the episode when we talked about which guys are going to be the big surprises in the 2021 season. And one of us said Malik Taylor. Was it me? Wasn't me, was it? I was going to say. I don't think I've ever been that positive about Malik Taylor. Have been me. Let it be known that Peter just pointed to himself on an audio (laughs) podcast so we know that it's him. Breakout player, maybe this year, Peter, maybe just a year early. Yeah, like Nostradamus, you got that shit in the future, you know. Yeah, I don't don't understand. Like you said, I think it's a special team's decision. Yeah, has to be. I can't understand any other other thing that he can bring. Yeah, and at this stage of the game, it's it's about he's the fifth or sixth wide receiver on the depth chart today. If they look in free agency, if they look at a potential trade for some of the names that have been thrown out there, who knows? DK Metcalf, who knows? Or they and or they look at the the draft, then the likes of Malik Taylor start to move down that that right. that depth chart. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't draft two wide receivers reasonably high. Wouldn't surprise me at all That's if they don't get so. if they don't get one in free agency, because eventually, like all of these positions, like because Devontae Adams is now a Raider. And you don't have that guy locked in. I mean, Amari Rogers is locked in, but you don't know if that guy is going to produce anything. So, yeah, you need a guy that you draft, a high-level guy on a four- to five-year, you know, first- or second-round contract or or on a rookie contract to be able to rely on. Thoughts on Devontae Adams, Todd, going to the Raiders? I mean, talk about as as far as, like, historic news lines in Packer history, that was – that's going to go down as one of them for sure. But obviously, I'm a huge fan. It hurts, like, in a, in a strange way. But on the other hand, I was kind of like, all right. Like, when I saw that what we got in return, especially a number one pick, and to know that we have two number one picks going into the draft, you know, the more I kind of thought on it, I was like, hmm, the more I was okay with it. The more I was kind of going through the scenarios of, well, we should bring in the likes of, a veteran receiver like um, uh, what's his face from uh, the Browns. Um, yeah, we Jarvis talked about Landry. him all weekend. Jarvis Landry, yeah, yeah, Jarvis Landry. You, you bring in a guy like that. He's kind of the skills, the almost the same skill set as a Devontae Adams, right? He's kind of got the full package. Good route runner, possession guy can can basically do anything you you want him to do, right? And can be an he can be your number one. Then you get into the draft. And you, and you take like an Olave, right? Who's going to be your premier receiver, hopefully for a very long career in Green Bay. 
that's the way they should go. So I don't know. It, it was, it, it hurt at first, but then I was okay with it. Good luck to him. He was, he was a great receiver for us. So Somebody asked me if I was shocked when it happened. I wasn't shocked, but I was mildly surprised. And I think just mildly surprised in that it happened so quickly. I thought that there might be a period of back and forth between the Packers and Adams, but clearly that deal was was on the was already on the table and was just about been sorted before the free agency period started or the, the trade period started. And I think it's one of those everybody wins situations. So I think from Devonnie Adams, he gets he gets the money, he gets to go and play with Derek Carr, he gets to go home in essence, go and play where he wants to play. The Raiders get the top receiver or one of the two top receivers in the league. And I think from the Packers perspective, they get back the $20 million that they, that they put on the franchise tag. They get a first round pick and a second round pick. That $20 million has enabled them to re-sign Rizal Douglas, for example, mm. that they probably wouldn't have been able to do. And perhaps one or two other guys, all of that helps, you know, so the Packers have converted Devontae Adams into Rizal Douglas, into a first round pick, into a second round pick, plus one or two others. So, I think everybody wins in that situation. And, and for somebody that's always excited about the draft, it's even more exciting when you know the Packers have got two first, two seconds, a third, you know, five of the first 90-odd picks in the draft. It's going to be exciting because it gives them so much flexibility in terms, in terms of what they want to do, trade up, trade down, stay where they are. It's going to be exciting. If you equate Devontae Adams' $20 million salary, and again, huge fan of Devontae Adams, love that guy. But $20 million, or do you want Razul Douglas, Devondre Campbell, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick? Because that's essentially the trade-off that you got for Devontae Adams. And I'm all in on the – I'll take all those guys, those two guys plus two for, you know, a first and a second instead of having Devontae Adams, who is – I don't want to say he's on the backside of his career, but he'll be 30 next season. Very few receivers that play well after age 31, 32, 30, you know, 35. You know, you look at Julio Jones or A.J. Green or any of those guys who are elite receivers also in their time. They are washed up at 33. Like they are not the guys they used to be. So I'm happy for Devontae Adams and I would buy a Devontae Adams Raiders jersey in a heartbeat but I'm happy for the Packers too. Your buddy, Todd, EQ St. Brown has been flushed, as you say. Flushed down the toilet to Chicago. St. Turd. <laughs> it couldn't be. Couldn't any. have been more fitting place for him. <laughs> Belong right in the shitter. Him and Lucas Patrick, now Bears. <laughs> yeah, he can join them. Fuck <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> Guy, man. <laughs> What did he say on Twitter? I'm going he to said the... he's going to the historic franchise. And we're going to be talking about. I don't know in what perspective he was trying to speak. I guess. Are they older? Are the Bears an older franchise than the Packers? Because that's the only thing I can think of. Because we have more championships. We have dominated them. In fact, I tweeted at Lucas Patrick and said, the Packers have not lost a decade in your lifetime, Lucas, to the Bears. They have dominated the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and we still will dominate in the 2020s. So while I know you have to be excited that you still have a job in the NFL and that you have to kind of pump up your team. Eh. I think it, he's kind of dizzy from kind of swirling around the bowl for first a little <laughs> before it actually kind of like 
goes down. Or he flushed down to oh, Chicago. Fuck you, Patrick. I, I just guess he's gone from a team owned by the fans to a team owned by Aaron Rod. Ah, well said. Oh, nice. Yes. You now have one owner instead of you know millions. Piece of garbage. <laughs> Speaking of pieces of garbage, your buddy, number 42, will be wearing 42 for the gold and crimson. What do they call that color that the 49ers wear? Warren Burks, now a 49er. What the hell did they see that they thought, yep, oh, no. we got to have this guy. Right. Sayonara. Goodbye. Good riddance. It, it wasn't his special teams play. Well, he played about four snaps on defense that were any good, so it probably wasn't that either. Whose breakout guy was Oren Burks? Was it uh, yours again? That's no, mine. No. <laughs> Peter, were you nailing it? Like, you were all, no, all no, cylinders. I'm, Just... <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. I was. He was pointing right at you, Todd, because it wouldn't have been me. We're going to really struggle in the cuss jar category because guys that we've cussed about more than others, Lancaster, Bojorquez, Burks, St. Brown. I, I can't. MBS still right. hanging around somehow. Who? Summers. Yeah, Ty Summers is if still could, on a cheap rookie deal. Clean right? that up would be. If they get rid of him, it's going to be like poor veterans outreach. They going to get any money out of us. There's somebody in the Packers organization, isn't there, that's listening to the Average Cheese podcast saying, I need to clean those guys up. How could I do that? Yeah. I move on all these guys that they swear about. Job done. His name's Gutenkraus. Gutenkraus has been listening finally, to the finally, finally getting his shit straight and listening to the show. Both times. Doesn't know what else. The f- he can't do his fucking job normally, so he's got to listen to us. Plus, we have a new special teams coach. We're going to be like dead silence. Right. Terrible. Shit, oh, well. I don't know how many. I'll take the positivity. I'll, I'm going to do a three for here. <laughs> Not sure how many I had. All right. So King gone. Merciless gone. MVS is kind of in the gone. King's not gone. Yeah, he's a free agent. Well, I mean, he's, he's a free for, agent. He's not right now, gone. he's down on the Packer roster. Peter, you want Kevin King back at any price? Well, I think I, I think you'd take him back at you know a veterans minimum or close, slightly above the minimum. I think you, I think you'd take him back as as your fourth corner. And I, I think for two reasons, and we already talked about it, but it also means now I'm not going to use I don't have to use a draft pick on on trying to pick up another corner gives me fl- more flexibility in the draft. So I, I think if you can get him on a on a cheap deal, then I think you do it. I think you'd rather go down that route, or I would rather go down that route than try and get a veteran corner in. Because you know what you get with Kevin. You know exactly what you get. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. You know. What's the deal with MVS? Because I've heard that he's a free agent, but nobody's nobody's really interested. He's no. He's been talking to teams, and the Packers are one of those teams. And I said it on Twitter, and I'll say it again here. My worry is that that twenty million that they freed up with Devontae Adams that the Packers are going to overpay for MVS to come back. And I, I hope that doesn't happen. Ugh. And I, again, I said it on Twitter. I'll say it here. You can find a guy that can catch 30 balls a year. You can. Right. And again, he didn't have any last drops year. last year, but he only caught 30 balls. He's averaged 30 balls a year for four years. You know what you're getting. And he's 26 or 27 years old. I'd rather draft a guy for a third I, of that. 
then bring back MVS. I can't stomach another season with that guy. Seriously. His elbow catching. Go ahead. We talk about Merciless? No, we didn't. I think I, that's a no that's a no-brainer to get that guy on, on the squad. I mean Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was just gonna say that hundred percent. Bring him whatever, back. Whatever it takes, get that motherfucker on, on the squad. He's gonna sure. give you snaps. He's gonna give you that 15 to 20 snaps. I think he's still got something in the tank. I love that he came back at the end mm. of the year to try to give it a shot. I, I I'm a big fan of Whitney Merciless. I I just need him and Savage to stand next to each other on the sideline so it could be Merciless Savage so someone can get a picture of that. Oh, that'd be cool. I did see today, a uh, sort of Packer related, that J.K. Scott signed with the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> to do what exactly? Floss your teeth with him? Like, what, what's he going to do? He can't oh, kick. man. Peter, do you know anything about the guy that uh, the Packers – sign that was a former bear this pat o'donnell not very much i mean i there was part of me thinking that the packers might draft the guy uh, uh, i hate to bring you know the draft guide up again but is there a draftable punter in this draft i think i think there's a i think there's a there's a couple um matt ariser is the obvious but he could go probably too high for the packers i mean i, I don't think you want to be spending anything much more than a sixth or seventh round pick on a punter we don't want any of those trading up to the third round bj sander try type oh yes i was trying to think of who it was <laughs> yeah bucky scribner um, was in my head and i knew that wasn't right <laughs> oh my god <laughs> bucky scribner <laughs> holy shit uh well, but, well well you see the thing about matt ariser that i mentioned he's a lefty and Bucky Scribner was a lefty as well. So yeah. that's what you were thinking. Yeah, um, I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> and the Packers um, also signed this other dude. So no, no thoughts on O'Donnell, the punter. I mean, can he hold the ball for kicks? Because if he can, I feel like we're good there. You know, is he a middle-of-the-road punter? As long as he's not a bucket of shit, like, I'll take him. Yeah, we just I need mean, our special yeah. teams to not suck this year, and that's a huge improvement. In fact, that's like an improvement that could put you over the top because it could have yeah. last year. And you can, and you don't blow the fucking divisional game right. out your on, ass on special teams, right? Um, have we have we talked about that? I'm up for it. If you only listen to <laughs> the shows that we put out there, I might fill the swear jar, but I'm up for it. No, let's not do that. <laughs> and then finally, the Packers signed Jerron Reed. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Former Chief. Former Seahawk, 6'3", 305 pounds, something like that. It's an interior defensive line to take, you know, Tyler Lancaster's spot. And maybe if he pans out, Dean Lowry's, maybe we can get rid of that. The Packers will just completely clean house of guys that we like to cuss about. Another guy, you know, another guy to be next to Kenny Clark, a, a defensive end, you know, interior, the 3-4 defensive end type body. If you can get any production out of him, it's better than what we've gotten. So, and he's a guy that's played all thirty-three games over the last two seasons. He hasn't missed a game over the, over the last last two years. So, I think that you're getting a, a solid guy. Averages four sacks a year across his career, just over four sacks. Once had ten and a half in a season, as we know. A uh, solid guy, and maybe he will turn out to be a little better than solid. He can't be worse. What about Crosby, what's going to? There's been no. There's been no talk about him. I mean, I would have to think they got a yeah three kickers on the roster right now. On. Yeah, they got to move on. Peter, what does the draft look like for kickers? 
would they be looking at something like that or i would doubt it um there's nobody that sticks out like this guy is uh, head and shoulders above okay they've got two guys in who are going to be in camp probably with alongside crosby so i think i think it's going to be one of those three the fact that they didn't do anything with his contract, release him or, or anything before March the 16th says to me that I think it's still Crosby's job to lose. Ugh. Interesting. God. And we should talk about this too. Like Mercedes Lewis is still on the roster too. So that they're, you know, like that's another guy that we had talked about Crosby. And I don't know enough financially about those kind of things, but remember we talked about there's like June 1st cuts. Might that be a possibility for Crosby and for Mercedes Lewis that June 1st, we're going to get rid of you and save money down the road? Those are possible, but but you can cut a player at this stage of the year and nominate him as a June the 1st cut anyway. So they could have, so they could have done that with with those guys. I think the thing with Lewis in particular was that he was due a roster bonus, which I think was around this time of two or three days ago. Okay. And the fact that he's still on the roster means that they've paid that roster bonus, like $2 million or something like that. Having done that, I think that pretty much secures the fact that he's on the team. Right, because why would you get rid of him now? You've already paid him the money. Yeah, I don't think that's the case with Crosby. I don't think there's any remaining roster bonuses on his contract. But I just think the fact that they've got this far got beyond that March the 16th date. So there's nothing now pushing them. You know, there's no immediate date that says I've got to make this cut or make this move. I think that having got far, having got the 20 million back from the Adams deal, that both of those guys make the team. Thanks for listening to episode 79 of the Average Chiefs podcast, the Hog Hanner episode. Go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go. Go, go Pat, go. Go, Pat, go.